0: Hello, I'm Jensen Beeler, and I'm Quentin Wilson, and together we are
1: the Two Enthusiast Podcast. Two Enthusiast Podcast. We are the upside
0: down of the motorcycle podcasting realm, are we? I don't know. It seems like. Does my face open up like a like some sort of black (laughs) uh, demogorgon uh, thing that then has multiple teethy things? Yeah,
1: that's the demogorgon.
0: I saw uh, somebody that made a, a a costume and somebody referenced Stranger. They looked like a neat thing if the co- the person's costume was uh yeah. pretty rad they're and cute I- they're cute until they eat your cat yeah that's not Again, good
1: a reference you're not gonna get yeah that's not good
0: but i did like how that that thing was kind of almost botanical it almost was like it's like a venus flytrap mm-hmm. on top of a dog mm.
1: maybe mm. yeah um happy halloween to you sir mm. yeah did you dress up yeah would you would you go as
0: I have a, uh, it was actually a costume I bought last year and wasn't able to use. It's a, uh, how do I describe this? It's Part, is it, would you call it like party Quentin? More so because this is, it's a does stupid it, costume. Does, does it have a leash? No, <laughs> no, no gags or nothing like that. Um, you could make it though because the, uh, it's an ostrich. It's one of these ones where you're, <laughs> You're riding. It looks like when you put it on, yeah. it looks like a yeah. human. You have your little legs flopping about. And I've and seen
1: your legs. You got ostrich legs for sure. And
0: yeah. So, <laughs> but here's the thing I, at the last minute, because I wasn't really planning on doing anything the, this year, uh, at this last minute, I was convinced by my partner to go to Moto Courses, having it. They were showing the Evil Dead too. I was like, you know, maybe I should just jump on the bike with this costume. And it was, yeah, I don't. I think I have any pictures of me on. So I'm I'm riding a motorcycle, an ostrich riding a motorcycle with somebody riding an ostrich. <laughs> it's meta. It was. It was very meta. I've got a great Chewbacca mask that fits perfectly
1: inside an Arai Corsair, Corsair helmet. Huh. Like it's like it's a it's obnoxiously big. I don't know whose head they thought was going to fit inside it and be able to wear it like a mask. Yeah. It's too
0: big. Yeah, I remember you wearing yeah. it. Yeah. But it fits over a helmet really well. You said in if it it's over the helmet.
1: Yeah, if it it's over the helmet, it's like you you so you can kind of wear it. it. Actually, works really well. Like to put the helmet inside it, and then you wear the helmet, and it looks great. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna ride around Portland like this. I got about five feet down the driveway before I was like, I'm gonna fucking kill someone. I can't see anything. I just got like two little two little holes. I can see directly in front of me. I got no periphery. I got yeah. no nothing. I'm gonna get hit by a Prius, and that's gonna be the end of Jensen Beeler, and they're gonna have to put on my tombstone, "Died like Chewbacca." (laughs) What a wookie! Anyhow, Quentin just got back from the lovely Santa Barbara, yeah, where I got to see uh, the wings of gold, Mm. all the all the gold wings, all the gold wing, Uh, two gold wings actually. So there's gonna be for 2018. We were Mm -hmm. we were right. There's gonna be a new Honda Gold Wing, but it's coming in two flavors. There's gonna be the the Honda Goldwing, which is more of the bagger version that we've seen in the past. Yeah. The F six B. And then what they're calling the Honda Goldwing tour. And guess what you do with this thing?
0: You tour on you it.
1: You tour on it. That's the one with the big the big seat on the back.
0: Uh-huh. They're not going to call it an aspencade or anything like that. Harken back to no, the days of the 80s. No, we did see an Aspencade this last weekend though, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how's your Aspen cade? <laughs> it's been fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: interesting. It's interesting to see what they're doing for twenty eighteen, and it, I mean, we pretty much got the full Monty. So I don't know how like deep into it you want to go, because um, of all those photos that leaked ahead of time. We kind of talked about it, but it, it has that kind of ho sack style front end. Ho sack All the sacks are hoed,
0: and they and wa- they came up with a lot of good reasons for it. I guess seemed like reasonable. Seems complex for me. I'm like I'm looking at it like that's definitely not Occam's razor, but on a Big old bike like that, it seems to make sense. I did I did like the one dynamic they made mention of is that you you make that system so that it, the wheel will go directly up and down instead of coming back at, you know, 25 degree rake angle or whatever permutation of rank angle, right? right? Anywhere from 27 to 24, something like that. So if it doesn't come back at all, it just goes up and down, then you can put the engine further forward. And uh, uh, centralize the mass more, or put more weight over the front end, whatever, which I thought was pretty cool. That made sense why you would do that. I was
1: just trying to pull up the stats on the Goldwing.
0: Stats? We need to get those stats. And, oh my God. No split. motor stats, which I thought was interesting. They're like, you don't care. These are not the droids you're looking for. You don't need to know anything about this engine other than it's really efficient and we can have a smaller gas tank. Yeah.
1: So that was the big thing for them uh, when they were talking about, like, kind of like the design brief, was lighter and more compact. Um, and one of those things to help improve that was the fact that they were able to make the engine more efficient. It's 20% more efficient. So they lopped off, I think 1.1 gallons from the fuel tank. So that's going to lower your...
0: strange. I bet there's some people that are poopy at that because... It gets the same range as before. I know, but they would be like, well, why didn't you just make it, you know, keep it efficient, keep the same size tank? It's like, because they're trying to make it kind of light, like... It's notable. It's better when things are lighter, easier to deal with on every level, right? You take a gallon out of the tank. 1.1 1.
1: 1 gallons is going to be like, what, seven or eight pounds of fuel, but at the top of the bike. Sure.
0: So it's going to help well, handling characteristics. Maybe on a Goldwing, I think the fuel tank's under the seat. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, you I'm put, not sure. You know, I mean, you
1: can put a whole like family underneath the seat on that thing. Either way, it's still, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. So they, they dropped almost 90 pounds off of. The, the previous year's bike. <laughs>
0: that, that's a testament Which, so, to how so, big the bikes are in general. When you can drop 90 pounds. You can drop 90 pounds like it ain't no thing. <laughs> you, you drop the whole Honda Cub off of it or NS50. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you could put a Grom in there. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, so it's about 790 pounds at the curb. So it's still a big girl. But uh, I think the Touring one's a little bit heavier. I think sure. It's got another 50 pounds or so. So there's still big bikes. It doesn't feel that big when you get on it Um, just in terms you, you of You didn't like, ride it though. You we didn't ride it, but we, we they had bikes there we could get on and sit on and, and do two things. Two up even. So yeah, it feels, it feels good uh, between the legs. It's, it's not noticeably heavy. I mean it's still a heavy bike, but it's not super bad or anything. And it's kind of impressive like – the fit and finish is good, and the bike looks like you look at it, and you're like, Yeah, that's definitely a Goldwing. Like, you're not going to mistake in it for anything else, but I think but they, it looks, modern. It it looks modernized. modern and edgy. And I was like, You know what? Like, I'm not really who you're trying to pitch this bike to. I'm still kind of outside the demographic. I'm maybe a little too young, but like, I wouldn't mind rocking one. Like, if one showed up in my garage, I'd be like, Yeah, I'd rock that. Yeah, sure. that looks here. good. It's a good looking bike, looks super comfortable got all the things it's got apple carplay it's the first motorcycle with apple carplay i don't know what the fuck that is that's apple's little infotainment system i mean some people are trying to make like a really big deal out of it and i was just like well it's interesting it's the first one in the industry but like at the end of the day like bluetooth with your phone is kind of the thing anyways yeah but cool to see that some really clever things i think for they're they're keeping the price the same so it's about 23 grand I think that works. That's out. for
0: the that's for the bagger version, but there's like thirty something grand by the time you put the bells and whistles, automatic transmission, and yeah, I mean, so ABS. They're, no, the, they're all ABS. They're all uh, ABS. Uh, DCT. Uh,
1: so, so yeah. So let's break it down, right? So you got the break it down. The Goldwing and the Goldwing Tour. Both of those have a DCT option, which is going to add
0: traction control. No, DCT. <laughs> D- okay. <laughs> Both yeah, those are all the have, acronyms man it's so many acronyms
1: both of those gonna have dct dual clutch transmission ah uh that's gonna tack on about 1200 to your price it's a seven speed automatic dct which is kind of crazy and i was looking at the gear ratios and it really puts i don't know if it's an overdrive or not but the the gears line up one through six just about and then that dct adds like a seventh gear that's going to really lower your rpms huh. when you're touring which i think will be interesting um, and then on the Goldwing Tour base model, DCT model, and then there's the airbag model, which comes with DCT as well. And that one's gonna cost you a pretty penny. That's one that's thirty one thousand five hundred. <laughs> yeah. So if you um the difference between getting the Goldwing and the Goldwing Tour is about math in my head, thirty two hundred dollars. Hmm. So they're they're still pricey things. Um but I, I I find the 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 fork design is really interesting. Like you said, it, it's it's all about making the bike more compact, smaller wheelbase. That allows them to move the engine thirty millimeters more, uh, thirty millimeters forward along the chassis, and then the engine itself is more compact. So
0: that's really helping lower the shrink the wheelbase, get did everything they, right and tight. Did they say anything about it having variable valve timing or no? None of that.
1: Um, the rumors of uh, a hybrid drivetrain. Were, were false. I talked to the engineers a little bit about that, and they said it was one thing that they were considering, but pretty quickly rejected, and um, they're just like, it's just, it's, it doesn't make sense right now. It's not, it's so big, it's so heavy, and it doesn't yeah. really get you anything, and the, the six cylinder engine's really efficient, and they found a lot of efficiency in it. Uh, the one thing they did mention was that they have integrated the uh, starter motor and the um, reverse no that's still that's a thing that's the Honda that Honda's done that before on the glowing yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the starter motor and the generator are the same now oh huh which is kind of interesting that is cool wow so that, I'd that's, love to see that that's another well, like when you think about it like from sure. a mechanical point of view No, oh, yeah it's the same thing in reverse basically that's really interesting right Huh. so there's not a lot of sound when you start the bike up which is kind of interesting and then it also it saves a lot of space and math sure no there's nothing but
0: awesome from that i'm stoked by that yeah that's a pretty cool that's feature. a good tech thing for sure huh okay i'd love to see how that's in- integrated i'd love to see that so yeah cool bike we're gonna go ride it in texas in january tejas
1: i was looking forward to that Leapy i think ki-ye. i think they're gonna they're gonna sell a boatload of them it was interesting to see they showed us actually the sales of the Goldwing over the years through like the different model iterations yeah, like sales are definitely down. I mean, the bike's almost like a decade old, but they're current, ho- yeah. current bike, yeah. They're hoping to double sales next year with this thing. They're hoping to shoot about 14,000 bikes in the US, which so
0: that makes sense. I mean, it seems doable if a lot of gold wingers that have been waiting for that next big thing have been waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting and haven't had it happen, right? I mean, 10 years, it's 2007, and it probably wasn't even that extreme of a change in 07 no it's probably like 2002 or one but when they really change it up i remember because uh, uh nikki hayden there's a video with him riding it which was pretty wicked uh hauling ass on it and that must have been like oh one 2000 2001 2002 something like that so yeah um, I can see it happening I mean when you think of what did you say there? There overall there's like 250,000 Gold Wings on there's a
1: quarter million Goldwings on the road right now and most of those are in the US this is really like you know it was pretty obvious and we kind of already knew this this is really a US model bike the US took the lead on its development uh, that's why the launch was here in the United States or the sorry the debut was here in the United States so that's why the launch will be here in the United States in a couple of months time and it makes sense And it was interesting talking to them about the Goldwing versus kind of like Harley-Davidson and then the Goldwing versus, say, like the Yamaha Venture or the BMW K1600 series. And they're like, you know, we wish we had like we're only a fraction of Harley-Davidson sales like Harley-Davidson sells. 150,000 relevant motorcycles in the US to the Goldwing. And we're like, you know, 10% of that. But then you look at like what Yamaha and BMW are selling in terms of volume for those bikes and no it's like but they're like a tenth of what Honda sells. So it's interesting to see like the little fish but you know eating yep. the, getting eaten by the big fish which is getting eaten by the bigger fish. Sure. Kind of thing on that whole progression but I think Honda's done a really good job of of making the Gold Wing it's kind of a own little brand and I got to talk to a couple I didn't realize and this is my own naivete but I didn't realize there was publications focused just to the Goldwing and the Goldwing yeah, lifestyle. And so I was talking to a couple of them and a couple of journalists from there. And it's a trip, man. Like, you know, like this is this is a motorcycle with a cult following. This is a motorcycle that has created almost its own segment in a way. So it's interesting to see that this is the sixth generation of the machine. And I'll be curious to see what the response is from the, from the Goldwingers.
0: Well, when we've talked about Harley-Davidson riders generally being Harley-Davidson enthusiasts, not motorcycle enthusiasts, I think Goldwingers are in that vein. They're usually Goldwing enthusiasts, um, not necessarily motorcycle enthusiasts.
1: They're diehards. They're diehards in the same way like Valentino Rossi fans aren't really MotoGP fans. Um, but it's it's one right. of those things. Same thing. Yeah, it's, yeah it's just, I think it, I think it's I think you're right. I think it, it goes to that same thing where like you go
0: down this this kind of rabbit hole of loyalty and you become something else. I don't know many people that have a Goldwing personally. I just don't. I don't know. Other than journalists mm. that have had them yeah. for a little short since. And what I would imagine is that I would have one in addition to many other bikes. Whereas I think a lot of Goldwing people, that's their bike. That's the, bi- the only bike they'll ever have. That's the only bike they ever imagine owning. They're 45 to 75-year-old white dudes. That, that'd that be interesting to see what the what they actually end up selling to. And is it, I mean, do many women buy them? Uh, are the, When they do how do they use them and where, where are they used is the only highways do people ever use them to commute do, do is it all retired people and, you know i'd love to see the dynamics of, of yeah. who buys these things yeah they're
1: the honda said at the debut that their goal is kind of like a, a threefold or like a three-pronged approach where it's like okay we want to stay true to the current honda goldwing people we want to get people that are motorcyclists but haven't been on a goldwing before and we want to get like other honda riders like it's one of those things like I are trying to play this balance of like new versus old in terms of demographics sure and All i right. think with the the styling that's like i guess the point i was trying to make with the styling where it's like one of those things where i'm not really looking for a big kind of bagger i'm not looking for like a big tour bike to go do that kind of riding because that's not a kind of riding that's like a big part of my repertoire but like, if it was like, I would definitely have to give this a look because it, it looks really good. Like, I was pulling up the photo for you. I don't know if you'd seen. Oh man. yeah, a, that's a real
0: awesome one of the better looking Hondas that's come out. In I the like past the bagger
1: decade. version. Like, I, that's the thing where I said, I'm like, that's a good looking bike. Like, that appeals to me visually. It's yeah. I don't think that's the tool that I'm looking for in my toolbox. But it's if it is, like, I think you have to give it a hard look.
0: Sure, and I'd rather have that than the BMW. I look at the six cylinder; they're fat and. I don't know. They're just dude co- big. Just I rode the. I rode a K sixteen hundred in Florida for a little bit.
1: Every stoplight, it was just like mental concentration on making sure I didn't topple the bike over because <laughs> it's just so fucking big. <laughs> and I look. I haven't ridden the Honda Venture, or sorry, the Honda. I haven't ridden the Yamaha Venture because I think reasons that are too obvious to state. But
0: what the Yamaha hates you.
1: Well, because you know they, they pulled out of our death match and they generally just have no love for us whatsoever. But that's fine. That's fine. Keep doing what you're doing, how are your sales doing. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> but you look at how big that bike looks. The the venture and the, yeah. the what's the other one? The the I don't enforcer. Know.
0: Intimidator?
1: Intimidator, and that sort of an E.
0: But you look how big those enticer, bikes are. Like Larry? The enticer. That's what it was. The enticer. <laughs> Don't be silly. <laughs> We're going to send it. We need to get Larry the enticer or send sending one of those things oh, man. off a cliff. <laughs> so gross. There is a Yamaha enticer.
1: That's the funny thing. Eluder. The fact that I can't remember the name just tells you how bad <laughs> it, it is. It eluded you. It eluded me. <laughs> the name of it, the eluder. But you look how fucking huge these things look. I love this photo. I, there's, there's a reason I picked this photo for the. What was the story? Yamaha's venture production delayed. I mean, look at this thing. It's like leaned over like 14 degrees, and he's already scraping the boards. <laughs> you know, like just this and rolling
0: couch, such a much so a big part of the lane. That's that looks like it'd be bigger than the Goldwing. Which it is absolutely. Up up. I think it's
1: physically bigger than the Goldwing. It absolutely, the new one. Absolutely bigger. I even mean, even the older version, I think it's bigger. Yeah. And it weighs like 900 pounds, so it's like 100 pounds heavier, which Gross. is insane.
0: Gross. So, and a much less sophisticated engine. I mean, you can't. There, there's a lot of V-twin. beauty.
1: Is it the Yamaha is an air cooled V twin, <laughs> no. which I, which I think is interesting because they're kind of going after that, that ah, Harley crowd. Like I kind of I kind of like the the venture and the Alluder just because it's like, hey, we're kind of going after Honda, we're kind of going after yep. Harley, we're kind of something different. Fair play to you, Yamaha. Okay, sure. but man, does it look big, and it just it does seem weird. Like yeah, air, big air cooled V twin. All right, well, get,
0: get Honda to get you one for a long term test, and we'll go to do some two up riding. I think I'll, I, I'll ride them back. I think I got a guy for that. You Help know, I utilized. forgot to bring up like which truck tire was going to be
1: best, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure retreads are frowned upon.
0: Oh yeah, really? Did they really? Somebody was like, "Oh no, I can't, can't do that. Can't." can't.
1: That's, that's just well outside the. Design that's brief. dangerous. <laughs> that's a bad idea. <laughs> so yeah, I think Honda. I think Honda hit it out of the park with this one. Uh, I'll be curious to see what the sales end up being. Uh, Doubling sales is pretty lofty, but it's a big refresh. So,
0: well, a, what you'll a be curious about is to ride the bike.
1: I'm definitely curious to ride the bike. You know, it, it looks it looks on paper, and it looks kind of like sitting still, like it's it's doing all the things. The proof will be in the pudding when we go ride it. But I'm I'm very optimistic, which is cool. And while I was there, this is, this is the real highlight of my, of my trip down to SoCal. I got to ride the Honda Unicub. 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 And I'm trying to like, I was trying to think of like how I can explain what this is to our listeners because like it's kind of hard to do on radio, but like imagine that you have like a three foot tall penguin and then you just like sit on its face. Oh, and it waddles around and, and that's your form of transportation. That's pretty much what this is. Now okay. I have to look this up. Look, hold on. I think I got a photo for you. I think I, I think took care of you on this one. Okay. But yeah, you definitely need to Google this. I mean, like, look at that. Does it not look like she's sitting on a penguin? Dude, that's bizarre. So it's like this. Huh. I was going to say it's like, it's like a single wheel, but it's got like a little trailing wheel for stability. Yeah. But it's kind of like a Segway that you sit on. And it's really, really, it's got an IMU in it. This is part of like the technology that came out of their MotoGP program with the uh inertial measurement unit sure and you kind of it's kind of got like two little foot pegs that are like straight off like a motorcycle that you put your legs on and i cannot for the life of me tell you how you can control this thing i do not know because they have like a little course for us where we were that you could like zip so around you wrote on. it i wrote it and, it and i did not crash into anything and i more or less went wherever i wanted to go could not tell you how i did it there is a little bit of like where you put you your leaned and when you where you lean your shoulders back and forth definitely affects like how fast or, or how slow or if you go in reverse. But as far as like turning and spinning, no clue. But it did it. So whatever maths that they did <laughs> to make that work, it was very clever and very well done because it was very, very intuitive.
0: Is it kind of like the opposite of Asimo? Like and how I mean I didn't take it, it down is? any stairs, but I imagine the <laughs> result's gonna be
1: about the same. Uh, but it, it is actually. I think some of the technology that they've they put into it is comes from the ASIMO project, which was um, pretty interesting. So it was actually kind of cool. Like I've seen this in the space. It's been around for a while. To actually got
0: get to throw a crotch over it. Did, to throw <laughs> to to sit
1: on that penguin and see how it waddles was pretty impressive to see. Like I don't know quite like who it's for. Um, like, obviously, People like if you're need
0: personal transportation, it says yeah, personal
1: transportation. Obviously, if you're older and want to and need a way to like, but like, I, I'd be terrified if my grandma got on this thing that she'd break a hip. You, you know? know, like, it wasn't like the most stable, awe inspiring thing that I've ever been on where I'm like, oh yeah, that's my life feels safe. At well, no point was I in control, you know. Have
0: you ridden a Segway much? No, I haven't ridden a Segway ever. Ever. I got to ride one once and it was at Moto Sis because they were one year Mm -hmm. sponsored by segway Mm -hmm. so in the had a pretty big room at their facility in in portland well they had a few of them kind of hooked up and ray ray had me get on one um and you know it was it was fine worked it worked as most people tell you you just get on it kind of intuitively and it does its thing and i didn't really i was just kind of like okay whatever let's go (laughs) let's go have lunch you know what i mean i wasn't Really, that bothered with. It's not something that I want to spend much time on. It's not something I'm that interested in. But I could see that same thing with this. I don't know. Have you ever seen the Moto Bag? M O D O B A G. Moto Bag. No. Um. It. It's not the same in that it's. It's. Oh, I have seen this.
1: It's like a piece of luggage that you can
0: ride in the airport. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: a stupid idea. Oh, dude. That's so stupid. If I. I, I've seen. I have seen one of these in person at the airport. Yeah, and my instinct, my immediate thought, kick that person over with my leg. Why? Because it was like, what airport were we at? We were in was it LAX? It It was was some big hub of an airport that was slammed, crowded, and this person was just zipping full speed with their stupid bag (laughs) that had an electric motor in it, (laughs) and just being a douche can you running into everyone? And just like, like listen,
0: just because you can doesn't mean you should. You think if they were going with the flow of traffic, it would have been better? Yeah, I think if they weren't going like 10 times faster
1: than everyone else and actually had like a clear lane of traffic, I'd be like, eh, interesting way. I've never been at the airport and been like, man, I really wish I didn't have to like walk Walk. that 100 feet, (laughs) you know, in an area where like you put like the moving sidewalk anyways. Yeah, Sure. And you're just
0: like, what's the need? I don't know, man. They're pretty bitching. Uh, it's a friend of mine uh, that has been dealing with it for the past few years. Did I just shit all over one of your buddy's like ideas? Yeah, totally, Boyd. I fucking hate it. I think they're the worst Boydo. thing. I'm sorry. I sorry, just, Boyd. I hate I, it. So I got to ride it at at Coda uh, when we were there. He had it um, one of the prototypes.
1: Maybe if you stop selling it to douche canoes, I could get behind it. <laughs> tell
0: him, tell him that, like, hey,
1: part of your marketing plan, no douches. <laughs>
0: It's bitching and it worked surprisingly well. But similarly, I can imagine you getting in trouble in it pretty quick. His was, like, unlocked, so it was, like, pretty fast. It was was really cool. It was cool to ride something like that and to be able to talk tech a little bit. Look at at these idiots. Look at these idiots. They look
1: pretty happy to me. They're just like, hey, I'm in my three-piece suit. Right in my bag, like a little pony,
0: because <laughs> I can't
1: use my legs, <laughs> even though I'm an adult.
0: Yeah, well, there's been plenty
1: of airports where I'm gonna I go wish... to my business meeting with my fancy shoes. <laughs> How can could... you take that guy seriously? What power meeting is he gonna go to? That he's gonna close a deal now.
0: I don't know, probably a lot. Just get off, I don't know. and they're like rolling mm, up moto oh, bag. Oh, you're early. How did you get in here so early? Moto bag. <laughs> uh,
1: How much stuff can you actually fit in that thing?
0: I, I think it's actually quite well done. Is it? Yeah. And seriously, that's a really well thought out thing. Because I
1: feel like you're giving up like so much weight and so much space for like such a novelty of it's a thing It's not like I an electric use.
0: motor takes up much space. No. And neither do the batteries if, if positioned quite If you only correct.
1: need to go like 100 feet, because that's as far as you're ever going to need to go.
0: No, I, I think you'd be surprised about the range and all that. I'm super shitty on it. I'm super <laughs> shitty. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think you could talk me into liking it. Oh, fair enough. I'll have to. I almost want to buy one just to spite you uh, now at this stage. <laughs> I mean, I'd rock, I'd give it a whirl. I'd rock it down. I mean, can you imagine like
1: PDX? That's the airport for that for that problem. Uh-huh. Because everyone's so fucking weird here, anyways. They'd be like, "That's
0: so cool! Oh, mm-hmm. I love it!" <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> but until you still you can't drive them. your
1: Subaru. So why would oh, you get on this?" It,
0: until you pass them, and then they'll get all shitty because you've passed them. Uh, even though there's a lane and it's fine and you're not hitting anything or whatever. It's a total aside. So
1: Portland is one of the few airports where if you're um, in the sky cabin or the first class cabin for Delta, Mm -hmm. you can blow through the TSA line. Mm -hmm. It's my new favorite thing in the world. I love it. I'm gonna. I have to keep my Delta status forever now because it is so awesome. When I lost it, and all, and you walk by all the shitty Portland people, oh yeah,
0: and they're like, "Oh, you're cutting," and I just go, "Boom, Sky Miles, what's up?" Oh wait, so you're not? So you're saying you don't go into the TSA pre check line? No, there's a
1: third line. There's like a there's an express line, and it's like Delta and maybe Alaskan. It's a part of the perk of being like in the premier cabin, yeah, sure. right? Oh, it's the best. Yeah, well, whatever. And the passive aggressiveness, you can just taste it. It's so palpable as you walk by the normal TSA
0: line, and everyone's like,
1: I got to take my shoes off. Oh, uh, well, I, I like, had it right, for pleb. so long
0: when I was with Ducati. I, I, I just got TSA pre because I was with Delta for so long, mostly, and Alaska. I just got TSA pre. I'm not on that list, or I hadn't do, didn't buy the thing or whatever. I would yeah. get it just because. You're right. It's a, it's a very nice thing. I'd love to be able to do that on a moto bag and be like double, oh, all the way up the to the air. guy, yeah. and, and ride it all the way into the. Mm-hmm.
1: Nah, that's that might be the only use case where I'd be like, all right, that's acceptable. You have to have, like your middle finger out as you go by all mm-hmm. the plebs standing in the TSA line. Sure, be like what's up, moto bag coming through? Beep, beep. Does it have a horn? That's a good question. It needs a horn.
0: All you have to do is go buy a bicycle horn. Ta-ding, beep, ding, Beep, ting, to ting, beep beep, beep beep, yep. coming through, beep beep.
1: Oh, I can see the airport's frowning on that. Yeah, I'm still shitting on that day. You haven't sold me on it, but okay. I, yeah no, I've, we'll I've got, Get your, one. Get I've got one. your gears turning, Get right? Get one. We'll see. We'll okay. talk about it. <laughs> uh, it was nice coming back and doing a little dirty bike riding with you, sir.
0: Oh, yeah. That was good.
1: For sure. Super rusty.
0: Yeah, you felt a little. Oh, my God. I felt horrible. Huh? Because you hadn't ridden one in over a year? About a year.
1: Whenever the last time is uh, that you and I went and rode dirty bikes, which would have been not this time of year. Last year it was probably more August. like summer. Or so it was
0: August, late August.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it was before straight rhythm. Hmm. Before, straight but it rhythm.
0: was on. It was with Jeremy on the Altas, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if it was been that oh, long, which is man. weird, it you need to been. get dirt dirt tires on your bike. Man. I got dirt bike tires. I know you need to get that sorted. It's last. all sorted. It's ready to go. Is it currently? Yeah. Like, it has it, the dirt. They're, oh, they're not on it right now, but it take me, like, I got all the things. You say that. Like, the last time that happened, then you lost spacers, and you lost the, the axle, and whatever, all the other bullshit. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll have to do that. That's good. Or just go ride Alta's if we have a chance, because they're always fun and easy.
1: I did enjoy riding the Alta's. I, I am a big fan of that, of that platform. So, <laughs> I like that we're... Um, I was going to transition to the one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, but before you should, I forgot that I have a little note here about Suzuki ending its motocross Grand Prix and all Japan motocross
0: racing. Oh, I didn't realize it was all Japan. All Japan too. That's, yeah. Oh man. So that that's not a good sign for Suzuki at that's, all. That's I mean fast and rubber for a
1: reason, right? But even I know enough that these are two major series for dirt bike brands outside of, I would say like America's motocross and supercross And they're not pulling out
0: a supercross.
1: No, but this is them. This is Suzuki Japan being like, we're going to stop giving factory support to the only, to the main uh, motocross international championship and the Japanese
0: motocross championship, which is where they usually test like their new stuff. that's where all the Japanese. Oh my God. That's what makes it so weird is that they wouldn't be there testing And the All Japan thing, because that's where they usually debut. Most people know to look for the new, latest, greatest Japanese dirt bikes in that series. Honda does it every year for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Weird. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that they were pulling out. I just figured it was Euro. They're like, ah, distant, far off, and we're not getting enough market share, screw it. To me, that, I mean, and, and understand
1: that they just came out with a new 450 last year. Yeah, and it's good looking, too. It's good looking. It's got some cool shit. It's the it, first dirt bike with a um balance free shock, which is of note. Uh the showa. The same so basically the same yeah, the shock same that was on, on the, the uh thousand. Yeah. Uh same design, at least I don't think it's exactly the same, obviously. No, of course. But um so for me, I sit there and I'm like, money must be tight in Japan. These these like I can't think of another reason why you would pull out of two major series like that when you've just come out with new bikes. If money if money's not the issue.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, Suzuki the the um homemade but you know what? Another reason to hate Andrea Inoni because maybe he's costing too much money. <laughs> too many fairings. There's your <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well yeah. we were gonna race uh, motocross this year, but you know, we killed a bird and some other stuff happened. <laughs> I guess that was only Ducati, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was, but still it's still on him. Yeah, sure. Blood's still on his hands. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the other part of it, too, right? The MotoGP program has definitely not lived up to expectations this year, I think would be the best way of describing it.
0: Oh, were your expectations high? Mine have been no, kind of like me. No, but
1: I definitely had higher expectations than what they are right now. Like, I didn't expect big things to me in ONA. Alex Wren's, like, it's a bit of an ask to come from yeah. from the lower class up into MotoGP and expect big things. And He's been hurt for most of the season. He's been hurt for most of the season. That kind of just is what it is um but i definitely thought the suzuki would be in the mix more often and i thought that they would have made a bigger step this year if their progress were really i feel like they've taken a step back and i'm and i'm trying to figure out how much of that is the vinala's factor and that's something i was talking to my colleagues about not too long ago like Maverick Vinales being such a talent, like how much of Suzuki's result last year was just really a result of how good of a rider he is. But then
0: Alicia Spargo did well too, but maybe you can say the same thing. And Vinales has, he, he came out swinging, but it's kind of waned. Yeah. time. And yeah. Right? So everybody has their days. To, and Iannone's not a development rider and Rins is not a development rider. I think that's the bigger thing they, that's hurting them. they They needed to have somebody there that's a development rider and they didn't have it.
1: I think... I think it was a disappointment for Suzuki that they lost Vinales, but I don't think they should be surprised by it because hot young talent is going to get scooped up by the team that can write the check and has more potential. That just sucks. I think letting go of a Spargaro was a mistake. And maybe swapping or bringing in Rins instead of a Spargaro. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. I think that was a mistake because like you don't have the development rider and you have someone like Iannone who's known as kind of frankly being lazy so you don't have a great development rider and you have a new guy who doesn't know up from down and you gave up like one of the better development riders one of the better riders that's been on a bunch of different bikes and you know really the Spargo, the sparrow. which uh,
0: one was he on was he on tech 12 before no he was on the
1: aprilia crt bike he was on the f- Forward racing
0: yamaha yeah is that right um yeah what number is he? 41 or 41? Yeah. Pretty sure that's him. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, he was on the, the ART CRT bike, the Aprilia CRT yep. bike.
0: He was on the Ford
1: Yamaha and then he was on the Suzuki, you know, for two years. Um, and now he's on the Aprilia and he's making good results on the Aprilia. So, I mean, he's been on a lot of different things. Uh, I mean, I'm always impressed when I got a I got a photo of him in my living room. Oh, yeah. Very impressive rider. So interesting. Interesting to see that. Interesting to see that Suzuki's kind of pulling back their uh off roading endeavors. I'm very it makes me very worried about the brand. Yeah. I, I hope that is a just a resource thing of like, hey what are we really getting out of these series in terms of marketing dollars or whatever? We need to be pushing MotoGP. We need to be pushing, you know, if there's new bikes coming out in the next couple of weeks, we need to be pushing those and getting our street bike sales back and doing this and this and this. Like, I hope that's the case and not, and it's not just like, Holy crap, we're in the red. What are we going to do?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Just the way that the way it felt when we were at Coda earlier in the year didn't, didn't feel great. Like, it felt like a little bit of desperation. Like we got to like, sell G's Jixers,
1: man. We need to be selling some bikes. We yeah. get we're coming out with some stuff, and then they need to sell. Otherwise, we're in a, a tough spot. That's you're right. You're
0: absolutely right. That's on how that the felt. feeling. And I, I I get it. And I'm I'm not not hating on them for it. I'm just saying that that's the vibe. Well, it's not a negative thing. It's just a, there's different vibes you get from different manufacturers at different times, and that's the vibe I get from them. When even like
1: you know now that you say it, like talking about the Jigser a little bit more, like. I think the Jixon 1000 is probably one of the more underrated bikes on the market right now in the U.S. because of how neutered it comes out of the box. It's a big problem by EPA. Yeah, big problem. I mean, massively, massively neutered bike. And I wonder how much of that is like if you just had some more time, some more research, some more money, you could have figured out a better way to make the sound and the things and all that work so you can. Still have like 180 horsepower in the U.S. market instead of like the 155 or whatever it is uh, at the wheel.
0: I just read the there was an article on one of the other magazines, uh, uh, print magazine, staging the new R model against the R one. Yeah, and I I because they they had missed it completely earlier in the year. They I don't for whatever reason they didn't they didn't have a complete setup for the thousands. So reading that article as interesting, because they were, well, I wouldn't say it was a puff piece, but they were trying to, it was almost like a, a mea culpa, like, oh, yeah, we should definitely try and get the Suzuki, the R model, and put it up against, you know, what we consider the highest level, which was the, maybe the Yamaha, or I don't know why, it was just a random, after having seen a thousand shootout earlier in the year. It was it cycle World? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can
1: I can understand that cuz they said the R1 was their best bike. So then it's like, well, let's take the best bike and put it against the new
0: bike. Yeah. That makes,
1: that's a, that's a if you're going to do that, that's the best way of
0: doing that. May, fair enough. So, I you know, to be honest with you, all these magazines do such a good job of just glazing over it that I didn't even read I didn't I didn't know if they picked the winner. Well, the the Omaha was faster. I saw that for their track test, but only by you know, half a second, maybe. You know, it doesn't, not enough to, to say that bike's better than that bike, right? They go to button and they go fast. Meh. Nah. It, it seemed like they were, they admitted though that the, the issue for both of those bikes because the horsepower numbers are close for those bikes. Yeah. Like really both neutered heavily. Yeah. And that's, uh, you yeah, know, that's gnarly. That's going to be
1: the new thing. And and we saw it when we were doing the Superdike Um, You know, you get them on the dyno and they don't, like, the joke might be my, 2004 R1 probably made more horsepower than all the other Japanese bikes in our shootout.
0: Yeah. Strange. Just
1: because of where the regulations were 15 years ago versus now.
0: Yep. And where the eyeballs are, because obviously, Aprilia and Ducati don't, and BMW, they don't seem to be as worried about it. You know,
1: and that would be something I would add in. For a future test, is is do a noise component just to see where everyone's at? Is it that the European brands have come up with a better philosophy and a better way of managing the sound side of the EPA requirements? Yeah. Or is it that they're cutting things a little bit closer, or or what? You know, talking going back to the gold the the Goldwing and talking to their engineers about some of the stuff that they're doing there and and how they're handling emissions and the EPA and carb and all that, like. They are, you know, they straight up said like our legal team has said that this is where we want to be when it comes to where the line in the sand is and is well, well, well on the side of, of, of legal, of, of being on of the, being right of and being not, in compliance.
0: Yeah. Whereas, Otherwise it'll cost too much money. And, and the, uh, the Volkswagen probably situation is probably scared. Everybody. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And maybe the European brands, they're smaller. They're, they're willing to push that, that envelope a little bit further. I mean, Maybe not. Maybe that's kind of what we've seen in the last kind of few months with Yamaha or not Yamaha. Sorry. uh, BMW. What was it? Six or seven recalls. Now I've actually lost count of (laughs) how many recalls they've had over the last two, three months. Yeah. But maybe that's that's part of it. Like, oh, you're going to push the line. The line pushes back. So. Interesting, interesting stuff. Okay, now we should get to the conversation that I wanted to have with you today because we just had the Tokyo Motor Show and we saw a whole bunch of crazy stuff come out of it. Yeah. Uh, I think we have to start with the crazy Yamaha uh Niken. We don't actually know how to pronounce it because Neken? It could be Nikon Nikin around. Nikon Nike N Niken I'm going Niken. Niken? I'm liking the Nikon.
0: Instead of Nikon. It's
1: that's a different that, that's not even no. close. I don't
0: Niked? It looks like naked, so I'm gonna go naked. Nekin. Nekin.
1: Anyways, we're talking about this three-wheeler from Yamaha that has been teased as a concept in the past, and yeah. now it looks like... Actually, truthfully, they're teasing it in Tokyo again, but it looks like we're going to see an announcement in Milan that it'll be a production machine.
0: You, you think so? I do. And will, do you think it'll come to the States? I
1: do. I hope it does. I kind of I really, do, too. I really like this thing. I hate it yeah. almost as much as I hate the motobag. But I also
0: love it
1: almost as much as I love the Goldwing. Yeah. Because it is so fucking weird. (laughs) And it is – I bet it's a hoot to ride. So it's got the FZ09 engine in it. It's a Mm. leaning trike. It uses a parallelogram front end. So they're getting around Piaggio's kind of patents. And it looks like – like someone just forgot to finish designing it like there's so many things there that are just like why why do you have two forks on each side and, the, and why does it look like this and why does this like cable just like draping around like you know, it doesn't look like it was ever like finished from like a design point of view yeah but i bet it is bitching to ride and I, i'm curious to see how that goes and i already know i'm not getting invited to that launch because yamaha hates us but whatever i'm going to like dress up like adam wahid and show up to the launch anyways and to be like hey guys what's going on i'm adam wahid
0: <laughs> so yeah that uh the, for me that's what it looks like an overcomplexity uh it's it's definitely a answer to a question i don't think anybody asked right I, unless it's like hey how can we make a three wheeler that isn't lame like the can am straight up like okay, what's what's wrong with the Can-Am when you go into a corner it leans the wrong way? Yes. How can we avoid that? Just just look at the
1: bracket no, for I, the I, fender. I, like I, I like see even it. that's just like why is it that that robust
0: and big and weird and awful and over it covers the caliper like yeah, why? It, uh, there's why? A, a lot of it that looks hideously complex and I'm sure there's reasons for it but I definitely would love to understand like okay, why two fork tubes on each side? I understand that it has to keep location of the thing. And, and it just seems like you could do it in a, with a simpler, better system than that by a long shot. It just seems to me they had to jump through a lot of hoops to make sure
1: that Piaggio's patent wasn't infringed upon. That, that, like the lawyer in me, that's how I read that. Because I know that Piaggio is very aggressive with enforcing their patent. Their patent is very good and it's very broad and it covers a lot of... Goofy front ends, Le- like leaning this. front ends, front ends. And I look at this, and I'm just like, "That's what you had to do to stay on the right side of the loss." So some Giuseppe in Italy didn't get upset at you. Mm. That that's how I read it. Okay. But I'd be very curious to see how much it weighs. Do I have the weight? I don't think I do.
0: I'm a little bummed we hadn't, haven't seen any pictures of it wheeling. I want to see it wheeling. I bet it. That's the thing, though. I bet it does wheelie. I have Z09 motors, no joke, man.
1: Yeah, it's is gonna.
0: It? It's gonna. Well, I mean, unless that. That's how a much, big, I heavy was going to say, how much end? do you
1: think that front end weighs?
0: Yeah, that looks like the size of a motorcycle. That's two Honda Cubs. That's two Groms on the front end of that thing. That's three Groms on the front end of that thing. What's the <laughs> one behind the handlebar? What's it's that? It's
1: three feet wide. It's seven feet long. Three feet wide isn't that bad. Those wheels are only 15s. What what tires are you going to put on that? 15s? not that weird? I read um, that and I was like, why? Oh, God. Just put 17s on it. Well,
0: probably for weight and
1: weight and handling but what what rubber comes in 15 inch wheel that's gonna be any any good
0: the, the ones that they make for that bike i guess fuck
1: i want to put some slicks on it i want to go go around a racetrack i don't want you know, i'll watch you okay I'll I'll, I'll, have, I'll I'll gladly take your your bucket of fun on that because uh-huh. i think that i think it's gonna be a lot of fun to ride my bucket of puke you think is <laughs> no my, your bucket of fun I'm not going to take your haterade on it because I think it, I think it looks fun. <laughs> I've
0: puked up all my haterade. Now it's in a bucket. You're welcome to have it. I don't hate on it that much. I just don't care. You know, it, it doesn't. That's not something that I'm going to, you know. I. You know what? I, I, I do like the idea that somebody could get in the wind that would otherwise have to go ride one of those stupid Can-Am things. And that makes more sense that seems more reasonable like okay i i don't have control over this leg or that leg or this arm or that arm or i'm quadriplegic or sorry paraplegic or whatever it is what you want to get on a bike like that and you can't handle the um um you know a motorcycle fair enough Then that i'd rather see somebody get on that than on a
1: i don't know man that thing blew up on asphalt and rubber we had did it almost a quarter million page views on it really which is that's a lot is it so people, I mean, maybe that's like looky lose. It's weird. I got to see this crazy yeah, sure. thing. Like my headline literally said, "It's no, it's not April Fool's, but yes, this is the new Yamaha. Nickin.
0: Nikon Nickin. Mm-hmm. Nicking. nicking around. It reminds me of the uh, wheelies from Wizard of Oz. The There's like the return of the Wizard of Oz or Wizard of Oz 2. Did you ever, were you ever aware of that? No. In the early 80s, mid 80s. There are the, these people called the wheelies, I believe. Yeah. Look it up.
1: The wheelies. I don't, I feel like that's going to take me a while to find what I actually want. Maybe, maybe do able.
0: Wizard of Oz Wheelie and, and, and then, but then we'll have to, we'll have to post it up on the old Facebook page for two enthusiasts. Wheelers. Wheelers, maybe? Like Andrew? Return of the Oz Wheelers. Beware yep. Beware the wheelers. Yeah. Ooh. You see him. The <laughs> fuck? <laughs> This is this
1: is good radio right here. Look at that thing. What, what the psychotic. Yeah. So when I was really young, like, like I had a babysitter that would play like the, the Wizard of Oz on like cassette tape. Mm. And like never failed like the, the, the monkeys. The monkeys yeah. And like the melting was like right when I went to sleep. Oh, that's horrible. It fucking terrified the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm really glad we didn't have this though. I would have fucking <laughs> nightmares for decades. I'd still be working that stuff out right now. Gee, <laughs> well, look at us full
0: full picture of it with the wheels on the front on your they see with their hands and then the foot you see see what i'm talking about no i close the window oh my gosh all right this this is oh
1: oh yeah what the fuck all right okay that that does kind of look like it Uh (laughs) that's fair that's fair all right Uh you win this round sir
0: oh uh, now everybody there's gonna be a run on google searches of wheeler yeah it's gonna be trending they're be like
1: what <laughs> was uh, did that just get options for hollywood again what uh see so, yeah, i'll be interested to see yamaha is really kind of doubling down on this whole leaning front end thing they've got a scooter that does it and they've got this thing that does it uh i think it makes sense for mobility point of view having ridden the piaggio mp3 yeah um three-wheeled scooter like i can i could totally see it i would love to see like a performance version i think that could be a lot of fun i think it would surprise some people um i mean i definitely think that'd be great for like a soapbox derby gravity car yeah uh-huh yeah it's in august yeah sure
0: portland soapbox derby jensen's super on this He's, oh he my really God. wants to make something
1: if there's no stores on a one day that's because i like went down a rabbit hole of like trying to design a gravity car
0: yeah well we're gonna do it
1: yeah, we are. We're going to win because we're winners. Um, I
0: just want to go. I, I, the, the only one person has to be sober. And that's got, definitely going to be you. That's <laughs> going to be me. Right, the driver so. has to be sober at all times. I'm just looking forward to, to a, a, a well-buzzed run down the hill.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of well-buzzed runs down the hill, did you see the Kawasaki Ninja 400?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, looks like. Looks that, like a ninja. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very puzzled by this bike. And then someone pointed out to me that the, uh, 300 wasn't Euro 4 compliant. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And it kind of falls into that whole vein of there's no replacement for displacement. So let's just make it bigger. Yeah. And I just saw that it's World Supersport 300 legal. Is it? So that now officially means in the World Supersport 300 championship, not a single bike that is race legal is actually 300 cc's.
0: Yep. So, the, the Yamaha is 321. Yep. The Honda's 500.
1: Is it? Yeah, they let the CBR 500 go in. They have a balancing formula. Do so, they? it's kind of fair. Okay. Kawasaki's going to be 400 now. The KTM's KTM.
0: 376, 378. But it's a single. Like but it's right? a single. Yeah. It's the only one that's a single out of all those, right? Or the Kate? No. Nope. Yep. Okay.
1: Everything else is a parallel twin. Yeah.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, so it's interesting. So interesting. They're gonna go race that thing. The, the main thing that's interesting to me is that they it went what thirty years as a 250. The Kawasaki yeah. Ninja 250 went from from the, basically unchanged right from the late 80s all the way through, and then they went to a 300. I
1: dated girls that are younger than that motorcycle design.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Like as an adult. Yeah, like recently. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I'm currently in the relationship with somebody that's younger than that by three or four years. Yeah. yeah. Good um, for you, sir. <laughs> I tip my hat to you, sir. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So that's a strange strange thing to think about. Right? There's that. Um, Pedophile bike. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so the 400 seems like... It was very quick. So the 300 was short lived. Yeah. How, is what you're long, trying to say. how long has it been? Uh, Three or four it years. It came out like,
1: yeah, 2013, 2014, huh. 2015. I
0: mean, like, like less than five years. Yeah. Off the top of my head. So now all of a sudden back, now, now we're just going to 400. How, then how long is it going to be before we're back to selling 600s again? <laughs> right. That is the thing, right?
1: Like, it's the feature creep. And I get like, there, there's a modest power gain. I think it went from like 39 to
0: 45 yeah, horsepower. Yeah. It's not a four cylinder 400. Hairs, yeah. I mean, Kawasaki used to make a two, 250cc 400, like most Japanese manufacturers did you know, from the late 80s through, I don't know. I don't know if they still do any longer. I doubt they do. But, dude, those things were ripping fast. A 250 four cylinder, oh, 30 man. horsepower, 35 horsepower, same horsepower as a lot of these bikes are making with more cc's. The 400s were wicked. All of the 400s from that era, from the late early early 90s, mid 90s, they're bitching. So it's good. Does it get back to that? Well, no. These are all twins or singles, so they're a bit kind of ho hum. That's what people are looking for now. It makes sense. I'm fully supportive of it. Not high horsepower, rudimentary. Get down the road bikes, and if the 400 creep up to, it doesn't make that much more horsepower. Just makes it a better bike. Great. Nothing wrong with that.
1: If they can keep the price here in the U.S. around the $5,000 that it is now, like... Yeah. Great. That's what we need. Sure. Cheaper is even better. Yep. Uh, I'm with you. I think I'm surprised that, like, the 300 was so short-lived, but it makes sense. Okay, Euro 3, and then they realize, hey, we're going to have to make an all-new bike anyway, so let's just do that. You'd think they would be a little bit more smart about it, but... What's smart? What do you mean? Well, i mean, like, I feel like the 400 is what the 300 should have been all along yeah you know make made that bike euro 4 compliant make that design more future proof put your investment into it but they probably sold a boat ton of them yeah so hopefully see they made the their time. money back sure so very I, I was just very interested that that came out i was a little surprised it looks good that the, they did a little real restyling it's an
0: all new machine ground up new machine so it's cool to see that they did that It's not just a board and stroked version of the old engine. It's actually a completely
1: redone deal. 370 pounds at the curb, so it's pretty light. Yeah, sure. They dropped um, almost a gallon off the fuel tank, just like the Goldwing. Yeah. Probably because they realized that
0: a 300cc bike doesn't need a four and a half gallon tank. Yeah. When I saw that it had a four and a half gallon tank, I was like, wow, you could go really far in one of those. That's great. But how many people do that and how much do you get relative to the light weight of having less mass in the tank area and all the other shit that goes along at the with top it. of the bike right. for a new rider that that's not you know sure. maybe absolutely. super secure it's almost the exact opposite for me for the goldwing where the goldwing's like no they those those are iron butt people they want as much freaking fuel as they can get but i get it
1: you know the goldwing feature that they probably should have come out with and they didn't
0: the catheter catheter yeah absolutely and if you could figure out like a way. The fact that I said that, we didn't talk about no, that. Not at all. That's so fucked not up that, we, that I was able we to We are just,
1: weird people. <laughs> like, like I don't know how many people are going to listen to this episode, but like the thousands it of you that do catheter. have some issues just listening to this. Saying
0: the word catheter just makes my pee hole hurt. I've never it's, had to have one. I never wanted to. Neither have I. It would really be a it's a it would be called something different. But I know the people that use them. It's basically a condom with a, a hole out the like a tube that comes out of it so you can just pee on the road. And this is a thing.
1: That that seems like the
0: Diet Coke version of a catheter. Yeah.
1: Well. The real deal, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, let's stop. I don't want to talk about it. What I do want to talk about, just get out of this. You're in little. luck,
0: I'll say that. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs>
1: uh, you're in control of this conversation.
0: <laughs> Slipper assist clutch.
1: On the quacker? on the on the on the Ninja Four Hundred, ah, forty-one millimeter forks, a larger diameter.
0: Oh, dude, that's like the same size that was on my CBR Six Hundred F Two back yeah. in
1: the day. Larger, <laughs> larger front disc brake, three hundred ten millimeter. Ah, uh-huh. seems like a weird size, but just go three twenty at that point. But whatever, so it's bigger. One fifty rear tire, so larger rear tire up to one forty, and LED headlights. Like they made like a legitimately good starter bike. I think. yeah, like. no, this is that that like gets it up to like. Like, legit status i think like without having ridden it and having done like a shootout and all that stuff i'd be like i think this is the bike i would point people to Yeah, it sounds sure. like like it's not so bare bones and you look at like the dash looks good and the fit and finish looks pretty good i mean it's still kind of got like the box
0: swing arm and it's how many has, like, people a, do you think and this was happening with me when i was at moto Corsa for so long on the pre-owned side how many people come in and start talking about the first bikes that you would have to be like, uh, I wouldn't quite get that bike and I wouldn't quite get that bike and you're going to grow out of that. This. this is the one I was always worried. I never wanted to be the person that stated that, yeah, you're probably going to go out of that bike within if it's, if it was somebody that was mature, level-headed, had experiences in other realms but just wasn't a, a motorcyclist yet, mm-hmm. I would have to kind of like, uh, I think you would be okay to get a little bit bigger of a bike. There's just nothing for you out there. There's nothing between a Ninja 250 at the time, maybe the KTM 300, whatever, and then getting on a something that was just too big, too too powerful, whatever that might be. There There wasn't that much Goldilocks. And this is one that, you know, somebody could ha- own – and have for a while, and grow into, and still be good enough to be small, right? So mm-hmm. I like that idea. That, and also not end up with a, just a shitty bike that you're not proud of. That's right? always like the problem that I, I
1: I've seen in this space, especially when it was like Ninja 250 days. Yeah, where it's like by the time you outgrow this bike, what you're left with is like a really heavy, really over designed, just kind of like a hunk of metal that you're just not going to want to have anymore. Like it's no, just, it's just like it's a bag of shit like it you learned on horrible. it you yeah. crashed on it you dropped it that's
0: great but it's just like a bag of shit
1: and this one you're like it'd be like yeah you know by the time you kind of outgrow it you're kind of looking at like this would be a bitching track bike
0: yep I'd you'd r- use that as your track day yeah, bike i'd rip the shit out of this while on you track day. you got a new street bike and, and, and not you care can, yep. about all the times i crashed it yep. and I would learn the art of corner speed, and it would be fast even even without that. Yeah. It, it's legitimately fast. I guarantee it. I bet it would be really good with that size rear tire, better brakes, all the things that it needs. Same same size tire as my supermoto. Yep, of, of note. Um. So yeah, good good
1: good on you, Kawasaki. Team Green's coming out with some cool bikes. I'm yeah. all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Uh, you know what I'm not all about, Q Dog
0: this thing yeah yeah that's morphodite. we're looking at the suzuki sv650x x i have to say when was the last time anybody used x in marketing oh x diablo <laughs> the x. x factor remember when the in the 90s it was extreme everything had to be x because it was extreme It's such a lame thing now I love the SV650. The SV, you talk about
1: a bike that's kind of like an in-between bike. Yeah, like, sure. Like that, that's that, a good that, example. That rider yes. that comes in, like, here's a great learner bike that, like, if you've got a level head, isn't going to be too much machine for you, and you would just kind of, like, never outgrow, yeah. SV650. Absolutely, sure. You can track day that. You can race it. You can go touring on it. You can commute on it. You can learn on it. I mean, that's a bike that does everything really well. Yep. It's just really unfortunate how horrible it kind of looks. And then they kind of come along and they're like, "Hey, let's make it like look like a cafe racer." And I
0: think they did like, "Wait, wait. So you don't think the new SV looks good?" I mean, it looks a lot better than the Gladius does.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it looked It, it looked looks like, good. Sure. I, you have to understand that I am not a fan of the standard aesthetic. The yeah. naked bike standard aesthetic, what well, we used to call a standard and now it's like a roadster or whatever we hip name we're kind of <laughs> giving it. It's a
0: standard. It's a standard. It's got a handlebars, doesn't have a fairing. It's a seat and a tank. Yeah, that's that's kind of defined standard. Yeah. So I
1: don't like I don't like monsters. I don't like the 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 round headlight on the SV six hundred and fifty. I don't like um, pretty much any of those bikes that kind of fit into that that kind of mold. And, and like we're gonna talk about like the the Kawasaki Z nine hundred RS also debuted at Tokyo. And, like, I kind of, like, I like the idea about how it I like the execution, but I still sit there and, I'm like, I don't really like the way it looks. Yeah, sure. I just, it but just,
0: that's total personal preference. And that seems
1: like I'm not, like, a big Bonneville fan because just, I just don't like that round scrambler. headlight thing. No. Yeah, all the scramblers. I'm just kind of like, Meh. Sure.
0: I like them. I have no problem with them. Do you like this? No. Yeah. Because it's ugly. It's not just a round headlight. It's a headlight position too high up on the forks, which is a common... Uh, problem for me. I hate that. Yamaha has been doing that for a few years. It makes the bikes look like Johnny five from short circuit. I, I hate, I hate high headlights. So they may, they, you lose the bulldog stance and you end up with this gawky, strange, stupid looking bike. So I, I, th- I think it's a major thing. It's like the antithesis of monster 900, which is the best looking standard ever. Just stall, solid, you know, bulldog stance, headlight positioned correctly, Good proportion to the headlight to the thing, and that's it. There we go. So this is legit, man. That looks really good. Showing Quentin the Honda
1: Neo Sports Concept, which I do like. It does look good, and it's got it's got enough retro flair that like you got that standard thing, and it feels authentic. It's got enough modern lines that like it appeases my kind of like Scandinavian sensibilities. Single sided (laughs) swing arm. I mean, it's got that old ass CBR motor in it that's been you know retuned for for street use. Whatever. But like I look at that, and I was like, "All right, if we're gonna have to get on this like bandwagon of making these kind of like cafe standard kind of throwbacks, like that's what I want. I don't want the SV650X. I'm kind of, I think the the Cowie, the Z900RS is kind of in the middle of like I could take it or leave it. Yeah, sure. The Honda though, like this is this is the scary. What part. size is that engine? It's a thousand. So the the, the thought behind the <laughs> This name is horrible. The Honda Neo Sports Cafe is that this would be the new <laughs> CB1000R. Yeah,
0: um,
1: which has kind of been like a motorcycle that people have kind of like neglected for a really long time because it's always just kind of been meh. But Honda Europe Wait. and Honda Japan have been coming out with some
0: really interesting concepts to that vein lately. So, what are you calling a CB1000R? The what do you mean? What the bike that's it? been living for the past few years as a naked thousand, right? That has that looks like a gas mask front end. Yes, the headlight looks like a fucking World War One mustard gas gas mask. Yeah, yep. If I can pull up this this image, what for I think you. of is the CB CB one thousand, which is the big one they came out with in the early nineties, and it was gnarly and it was bitching looking, but it was just a big heavy thing and it was very. Uh, unique. Not very many people knew. Yeah, this that wacky thing. thing. Okay. Yeah, they need. They were like, "Hey, people like thousands. Not everybody wants to look like they're riding a World War II mustard gas gas mask bike <laughs> with stupid looking wheels." And yeah, not not the best thing for sure. um uh, But if you look at look up uh, the Honda, the big one, CB one thousand.
1: Yeah, that's actually what came up when I did that. But I know which bike you're talking about. Yeah.
0: And that wasn't a big seller because it was just big and heavy. And there was the the Japanese have been well before everybody else on the retro thing. They in the late 80s, early 90s were already like hearkening back to the 60s and 70s. The Honda GB500 looked like a cafe racer from the 60s. It had the XR600, XR650 engine in it. That was really cool. N- rare as hen's teeth because nobody bought them the cb1000 was another example the cb1 which was a 400 did you remember that or did you ever see one of those no really rare look up honda cb1 400 really bitching bike but again well before its time not many people in the united states were going to buy that especially in the early 90s that was not going to be a thing because it's right yeah, yeah i mean i can see why you get into it again it's that Round headlight yep. standard. Yeah, like, that I'm just aesthetic. not into it.
1: But like that motor looks fucking trick.
0: It was. It was a 400, man. It was a ripping little probably 14,000, 15,000 RPM engine, pitching yeah. thing for sure. Out of the Euro or sorry, Euro or and or Japanese market 400, you know? So uh, 400, four cylinder uh, CBR. And that was neat. It was a well well done thing. But again, not something that everybody's going to get. And at that time, that was when Honda actually had some enthusiast vehicles, which we've talked about on the podcast before, that SV650 predecessor, which was the NT650 Hawk was at that time, right. which again is just a, a great looking standard motorcycle. And it has a cult following because of it. But I wouldn't imagine it was their highest seller at that time. It was probably the F2, the Honda, the CBR600 of whatever, F1, F2, F3. Now, who knows what's going to go on? It's going to be interesting to see, do these things, are they seeing market studies that make them say, hey, we're going to start making these things. I think there's two things going on. And I think they're both really interesting. I think one, we're starting to
1: see kind of the rise of the naked bike. And I, and I truthfully think this started, I think the Street Fighter from Ducati was too early. Yep. And I think the Super Duke and the Tuono are kind of perfectly timing it. And the Japanese have had some cool bikes and like the Z900, the Z800 are kind of a part of that. I would throw in the Honda CB1000R, but it's such like a...
0: Yeah, the, the, the Yamaha FZ. The FZ, FZ1, fz
1: the FZ09, the yeah. FZ07, now the uh, FZ10. I, like, I would like to see the sales figures for those. Have they been good? Have I haven't seen... I could, we don't really have access to it in the US, but I could probably look at it in Europe. But it's always been a segment that's stronger in Europe, so I don't sure. think we get a, a great perspective on it but just from my perspective of, of talking to readers and seeing comments and seeing what the manufacturers have come out with you're seeing kind of a rise of these bikes and that's being coupled with two with the Japanese manufacturers just now starting to catch on to this kind of like heritage, retro, post-authentic kind of thing so that's why I like
0: like I hate all these terms because you know this was a few years ago that I've, I've joked about it before post-heritage was the That was the one that was at the Scrambler launch for Ducati at the dealer meeting, and that would have been 2014, so fully four years ago, basically, thinking of that post-Heritage. And we're still having to talk about and it's just kind of wears me down with oh my god well, this is what we are in now you know
1: truthfully i think i don't know if i give credit to ducati for being the first brand to kind of push that but they were the no. first one
0: to like go big on it they decided oh this is a thing and I they find it and then they went after it yeah. whereas triumph's been doing it for a long Forever. time right? i
1: mean that's 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 the only thing in triumph's lineup right now that i think that works like the tigers, the tigers have always been been pretty good bikes, the eight hundred especially, and we're seeing them.
0: They're going to get updated for for twenty eighteen. The speed triple and the street triple, yeah, they've been but fine. But those are
1: those have been those designs are so old. Sure, and but so they're kind not of, bad
0: bikes. There's nothing wrong with them other
1: than that they're stale. Right, but like in terms of like what's got heat, what's got energy, Bonneville's, you know, Bonneville scrambler. Thrust in, Speedmaster. The energy isn't that, that, that gag fake, reflex in well, it's, my stomach. Like, well what they do is they take the energy and they hide it in the fake carburetor. And then they <laughs> that, exactly that right. packs it into the the, the
0: fuel injection oh, system God and then it. it comes out the tailpipe. It and makes me so angry. Rainbows and sunshine <laughs> spread everywhere. It's just so fucked up how that one thing just throws me off. The, and it, it just makes me it. so angry. Oh, I hate it so yeah. much. It's
1: like seeing Margaret Thatcher in a wet leotard on a windy day. <laughs> it's just <laughs> boo. <laughs> I mean, oh man. I just would like to take a moment that. We've de- we've we've devolved into British politics of all things. Uh, right. If that's we not on stop. your if that's not in your drinking card for the oh. enthusiast podcast, you need to add that cuz that's that's a good one.
0: Are, can't we talk? We have a lot of Australian listeners <laughs> and a lot of British <laughs> listeners. We seem to. It's it's interesting, actually. I found it to be fascinating. I haven't looked at the stats recently, but that was one that on blew the, my mind. On the is location, that, yeah, that we had so quick. many from the antipodes or whatever you call it from America. But they, uh, uh now I'm going to have to start looking up some uh, Australian uh, prime ministership to see if there's any uh, any good ones, right? Uh Okay. All right. Deep dive off of the deep dive. Let's get back yeah, on. Any, the, meanwhile, motorcycles, not Margaret
1: Thatcher. <laughs> So the Margaret Thatcher of motorcycles, I feel like, is the Suzuki SV650X. (laughs) So, But it is interesting to see like the Japanese brands getting into this heritage thing, getting into this post-authentic. And that, for me, is what this SV650X is all about. It's like, hey, we don't really have a heritage bike in our lineup. Uh, Slap a frame on the SV. Okay, Mm, cool. And it's the same thing that, and I think Kawasaki did it the same with the Z900 and the Z900RS. I think they just executed it way better. Where you look at the... I mean, look at this thing. Where is it? I mean, that that looks like a solid like bike from yesterday. Like, if I told you, hey, Quentin, look real quick. Isn't that a bike from the 70s? Yeah,
0: sure. You'd be like, yeah. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, hey, wait. That's the Z900 well, motor. Well, and you know what's really funny is that if you looked up... Uh, just type in Zephyr 750. Zep- Kawasaki Zephyr
1: 750. Zephyr in the real... Light
0: the real light. <laughs> Sorry. And this is for the listen- listenership as well. So you you can go through all no, these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, man, the tail section is almost to a T. It, it's exactly the fucking same in my yeah. brain. I haven't looked at a yeah. Zephyr 750 oh my in God. 20 years, but it, that's what it reminds me You're of. You're blowing my mind right now. So yeah. they just keep doing this where they just regurgitate the same shit. Because that's where we're at, man. Two wheels, handlebars, tank, tail section. What are you going to do, man? How what are you going to do to push the envelope? The last thing I remember pushing the envelope that hard was the original mission. And it was like, oh, that's fucking hideous because they were went. The they, mission one? Yeah. The they electric? They jumped the shark on how ugly it was going to be. But that's the type of shit. Well, that's shit. what
1: happens when you have a guy that doesn't design motorcycles for a living, design a motorcycle. Sure. That's just, I mean, famous famous designer, well-respected industrial yep. designer. Absolutely. I talked to my non-riding cousins who are kind of in the design. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. we know Eves. He's, he's the dude.
0: Yeah, but he's not in this realm. It would be like Philippe Stark ended up making a bitch in the Moto 6.5 or whatever it was in Aprilia. And it was a cool-looking motorcycle, even though it was a designer's motorcycle, right? So, like,
1: I would not call that a good-looking motorcycle. I could see, like, yeah, like a designer's is it, motorcycle. Is
0: it the Moto 6.5? Is that what that's called? The, the, the one looks like an egg? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I don't, but but you like time, the mantra like that to me like that's a yeah, mantra. Yeah, that is, you're right, and I like it because it is so irreverent, but it has good proportions and it's not like puke out gross. It's just it's different. Got
1: some, it's got some lines. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: got an interesting line. It just makes your brain look at a motorcycle differently as opposed to the same old, same old, same old shit. Truthfully,
1: right? truthfully, I think the design that struck me the most in the last let's say ten years because that's how long I've been doing asphalt and rubber, roughly. That that I was like that's a fresh, good looking design, original design motorcycle, Mission R.
0: Yeah, but it was still just a crotch rocket. It's still right? a crotch rocket. It's but that's the
1: thing, and I think that's why it was so important because so many people in the electric space are trying to do like an Eve's fuse box design, where it's like let's rethink how the motorcycle is, and like even even Michael Sis with his like few um, electric bikes had some craziness stuff where you're just like, ah, but it doesn't really look like a motorcycle anymore. But I think that was like the great marriage. Like here's a fresh new design. You look at it. It's like, it's like the Goldwing. You look at it and you instantly recognize it for what it is. Yeah. But you look at the details and you're and like, look good. here's, h- this is something I would want in my garage. It's, it's one of the few bikes that I've seen in my recent memory where I was like, oh, I want to have that for no practical reason other than that design makes me Randy. Like Margaret Thatcher on a wet windy <laughs> day.
0: Oh God, <laughs> Randy, does that make you Randy? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, that, for me, it didn't really do that. I didn't, but I didn't hate it. I thought it looked good. It looked solid. but It was just another crotch rocket. Uh, uh, almost the opposite. Let's let's call it as the Energica ego, which was hideous.
1: Oh my God! When well, they're coming out with that another one, I can't even. What do they call it? I've already like mentally blocked the name. The third model is that retro.
0: Yeah, sure. And it's all gross and so ugly. Like it's like you're trying to be, there's certain types that you're trying to be weird, then it, and it goes the other way where the the proportions are wrong or something's off. Sometimes you get like the Z, what is it? the, uh, The Yamaha FZ10, which it, you know, I don't mind it. It's just, very mechanical and robotic and it's very johnny five yeah that's for i sure. mean it, it grows it grows like for me like that bike grew on
1: me a no lot disassembled, no No disassembled. It, yeah and, it, and it's a fun bike to ride yeah sure and like, they, it makes up for on it a per- lot of levels yamaha knocked that one out of the park yeah
0: and it and it has good proportions it doesn't do anything wrong it just has that mechanical insect look okay fair enough you can't hate on it too much but you can't love it whereas Bimota mantra oh my god it's so bizarre. It's so gross. And, and you're just kind of like, oh, my God. Ugh. Like, for me, it's it's just shocking that they would produce it. for exhausts? Why would you do that? Because it just is irreverent and interesting, and I love it. But I get that. But th- it was pushing an envelope. I do like that to a point, and there's really not a lot of that going on right now because there's not many envelopes to push. I'm not saying we have boxes to design, but... It's not something we're going to come out with anything extreme. This is something that that is dear to my heart because when I got to Art Center College of Design in nineteen ninety eight, like or late ninety seven, early ninety eight, I took a a product design class at night, and the the teacher was very blunt. And I think his this teacher's job was to teach the night class to weed the weed out the people that were never going to make it through the school. They were never going to assimilate to the Art Center College of Des- Design design ethos. They were just not going to. And he's like, cars are boring as shit and you can only make so much changes and there's only so many things you're going to have an effect on. Headlights have to be positioned in a specific area. Bumpers have to be positioned in subs- Wheels are set in a specific it, it, All of it is, and you know what? After watching this for 20 years after having taken that class, yeah, there's futuristic cars and there's newer shit comes down the line, but it's all just permutations of the same shit because you, you're you in a box. You can't only design so much. Sure, a lot of fascinating vehicles have been produced and bikes as well, but it takes a lot to make something that's really noteworthy. And I, I'm I am i don't hate on anybody for trying in this day and age. So then how can you say that and then throw so much shade on that Yamaha Nikon? Because it looks... Hastily prepared, and it doesn't. It doesn't look like an Occam's razor of that. It doesn't look like it's simple and clean and light. It looks heavy and complex, and like a wheelie from the Wizard of Oz. Right? I don't. I don't want that personally. If they come up with something that's smoother, aerodynamic, electric, something that makes it, you know, g- gives it reason to be li- alive more than it is, maybe I'd be into it. But I don't really. I don't see that. But you're right. That's very true. It's a a next level, but you could say the same thing for the, what is it? The Can-Am Spider. Look what they've done. They've sold a shit ton of those things. I, and it was a new thing at the time, right? Well, so I'm
1: showing Quentin a picture of the Honda Neo wing, and this is something that came up at the golden launch because it was right. Yeah. When the Nikon came out. Sure. And I was talking does to that guys, a lean? does that lean? And that's a three wheel leaner. And I was just like, compare and contrast, you know, you've got this like just bag of dicks bike from yamaha that just it just is so unrefined and so unpolished and like i just look at it and i'm just like what is going on here and you go and look at like this is obviously a concept and it's got some craziness to it it's got a gold wing motor in it for christ's sake It's it's got some weird stuff but it it looks it looks more thought out It looks more polished and designed let me
0: see it one more time let me look at that i mean
1: you don't see the giant tubes on the forks like everything's like right and tight and it looks kind of like a can-am and it looks a little weird and Yeah. I don't know if that's a winner or not. I kind of like it, but, you know, it also looks really, really heavy. Sure. But, you know, you're just sitting there like, man,
0: how did you guys... This is all cars to me. All of these things are cars. Even that fucking Yamaha thing, it's a car. It's a three-wheel car, so I can't get too excited by that from a motorcycle standpoint. Now, if I was a car person, maybe I would be a little bit more excited by it. It's an interesting dynamic thing to have this three wheels. As a vehicle person in general... Yeah, you're right. We should be looking at that as an interesting thing, um, but I'm not. I'm not that into it eh. from a design standpoint. Definitely not. Like they didn't do anything with that that isn't just derivative of anything else. So that brings me to the final thing I want to talk about. Talk about one of the most derivative d-
1: designs, but I think one of the most interesting things that came out at Tokyo. You're showing me a scooter. I'm showing you a scooter. I'm showing you like the scooter of scooters. Nothing more scootery than this scooter right here. Yep. But what's cool, so this is the Honda PCX. They came out with an electric version, which is like, great, electric scooter, cool, we've done that. Yeah. They also came out with a hybrid, which I think is pretty cool. Ooh. So, like, to my knowledge, I think that's the first kind of production hybrid coming yeah. to market. Sure. And... The kind of form factor that they're doing and and the way that Honda's got the removable cells and they also have like a whole like little infrastructure thing that they're trying to sell to people. Yeah. I think it was very much of note and it was, it was interesting to talk to the Honda engineers at the Goldwing launch about this while it was there and talk about like the hybrid technology and where that's at. Sure. So it's definitely something
0: that's on the forefront of their mind. And I'd like to understand, why does it work in a scooter platform where they couldn't get it to work in a large bike platform, which we think of all the things that you could make it work, it'd be where you have a lot of room and a lot of weight that you can play with. So you could have battery weight, and you could have engine weight, and you get motor weight, and it would all kind of, I would see that, excuse me, I could understand that in a, in a Goldwing platform, whereas I would love to see that. Because that's fascinating that they, they're going to package that into a yeah. right in a small scooter. But with that said, scooters do have a lot of space that you don't really pay as much attention to relative to motorcycles. You know, big, wide, flat bottom where you're putting your feet and then all that crap that can go back in there and under the seat and all that. It'll be interesting to see how they package it.
1: And I think some of that comes back to what I would call politics, but really it's just kind of like understanding your demographic where sure. you come out with a hybrid gold wing the old blue hair—that's you know on his fourth Goldwing—he's a million miler. That might be a bridge too far for him. To, I don't know
0: to to get a, a hybrid. Yeah, just to be like, like, why do I need? I don't need one of these yeah, hybrid sure. bikes. I can see that.
1: Yeah. I want my gasoline. Maybe a diesel. <laughs> you laugh, but I would—I could totally see that. I could see a diesel happen. Sure. So it's interesting. Interesting. I was surprised by how much stuff came out at the Tokyo Motor Show. Usually you get like one or two things. Usually it's kind of a sleeper. Um every other year we have the Intermot show that that obviously puts out a lot more stuff and then Is that that's not this year? No, not this year. Next okay. year. Uh and then obviously we have Ikma every year where everything mostly debuts and um this year a lot of stuff came out of Tokyo that I think is of note. And that to me, is probably the most interesting part of it, where it shows that the Japanese manufacturers are uh, awake. They're they're building stuff. They're putting stuff out there. They're kind of getting funky with it. Some interesting designs: leaning three wheeler, hybrids, electrics, retro, nakeds, you, un- beginner bikes, like the whole spectrum of stuff coming out.
0: One one thing before we go too too far yeah. away from this, one bike that. I can't call it a bike. It's just a four-wheeled vehicle. It's a weird thing. It was the Yamaha Tesseract. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think we've probably talked about it on the show before. If we're gonna, If we're going to, even if it was just as an aside, it was at the 2007 Tokyo Motor Show. Right. And it was debated. So 10 years ago. And it's a leaner, but it's a four-wheel leaner. So, So to back it up, Yamaha has been working
1: on leaning concepts, leaning multi-wheelers since the 70s. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. The Tesseract, I think, is the point in time that most people put in the sand because it was such an outrageous design and it got so much press. But they can trace their lineage all the way back to the 70s. It was mm. very interesting to see. They actually put a video out about it. And it was almost like a, like, again, the lawyer's mind at FU work.
0: you to, to Piaggio? I think thing. it was like,
1: like, like a way of them saying, like, don't even think. Think about saying we're copying you. This is how long we've been working on it, and here's our heritage of doing it, and just connecting the dots for everyone on it. Yeah, but sorry, I interrupted you. The Tester Act.
0: No, that's an example of a vehicle from a design standpoint. Interesting, right? Would you, I, would you rock one of those? I would want to ride that. So this is this is a four wheeled. Yeah, I would wing- rather ride that than the thing that they just came out with, whatever it's called, neckin, neckin, nekin. I'd I'd more I'd be more interested to ride that one. Just because it'd just be an interesting thing to ride. Whereas the other thing just looks like, okay, yeah, let's go for it. Whoopie doo. But um, I'm sure I'd love it. It's a motorcycle-ish thing. It's putting yourself on a vehicle and you're in the wind and you're exposed to the element. Of course, it's going to be rad in its own way. But out of like pure curiosity and the idea that you have four contact patches and it leans and it does all the shit, I'd love to ride that thing. I'd be curious about that. Um. Yeah. So there's that. One. One uh, final thing was I remember when, uh, in kind of in the death throes of Moto Michael was trying to make a leaning three wheeler. Did you ever? Did you ever see that? I don't think so. It was weird, and it was. Uh, it, it it was not a well thought out thing, <laughs> but he was trying to do it because it was in the in the same vein of mobility. But in, in using motorcycle motors and, and and using electric and you know trying to figure out a way of mobility but smaller and every uh, kind of the every person's vehicle uh, the idea of something that's more uh, uh, for the masses. Uh, he, this was at a time when he was talking to Bajaj and trying to come up with the vehicles that oh, okay. he could that they could. I think I heard about this co- project, but never saw it, yeah. Come up together with and and what they ended up with. And uh, so the the point of this is. It's really difficult to make a leaning vehicle like this. It's not as simple as you think from an engineering <coughs> aspect. So I can respect it fully that it takes some effort to, to do that right, for sure. So I'd be interested to see how this Yamaha does it. And I'd like to guess, look at the patents that Piaggio has, because I haven't ridden one of those things, but I've always been fascinated by it. It's fascinating to look at. Is it something that I want? Not really, but I, I, from the engineering, Sure again a lot of questions that i don't know is this is an answer to a question that's not asked i don't know why well you know i was thinking about that when you said it and i was chewing on it during the show i think there is an
1: element here of you know we've said in past shows about how transportation is changing uh, whether it's through autonomous vehicles or electrics or whatever yeah, it is we're definitely in a time of flux and i think in the last show we talked about KTM and it's electric kind of uh game plan, which is, you know, on one end you have like the electric bicycles and on sure. the other hand you have the electric motorcycles and how those are kind of coming to a convergence. And then in the next year or so they're going to come out with like a hybrid bicycle motorcycle electric. And I think all of this with the three wheelers, with the Yamaha is a part of that kind of paradigm shift where this, we're rethinking how we move people from point A to point B We're rethinking the kind of segments that we've been entrenched in for for decades, to be honest. Yeah. And finding like, okay, well, you know, why do we have bicycles and motorcycles? And there's nothing kind of in between. Like we have mopeds, I guess, but why isn't, why hasn't there been more sophistication in that space? Why aren't we looking at three wheelers that are more stable than two wheelers, but still lean and give the same exhilaration? And maybe that helps grow the power sports industry. Further, because people are too off put by how dangerous motorcycles are in perception sure, sure. you know leaning four-wheelers because yamaha had a leaning four-wheeler at the uh the tokyo motor show we talked about it i think a little bit two shows ago yeah and it was basically like um it looked like a car but it leaned you know it looked like a uh a very slender kind of pod car thing <laughs> and it but it had that leaning front end and then it, and it had a matching leaning rear end and it's that same idea of like okay well let's why, why don't our cars lean? You know, why, why isn't that a thing? So let's explore that. And I think that's, that's the big shakeup right now in the automotive and, and power sports industries is, you know, kind of things are on the table right now that weren't on the table before. And at least we're exploring it. So at least there's that. I don't know where that leads us. I don't know what that looks like in 10, 20 years time, but it's interesting to see people are working on it. Maybe we all just ride around on unicubs, you know, <laughs> with little penguins up our butt
0: maybe not no you can't do that because there's no kickstands fuck that
1: you know it's actually really funny like you get out you get off of it and it kind of like because it, it like it kind of self-corrects its balance and then it just kind of goes and just moves to the side and out of the way it's really weird but yeah no kickstands yeah self-balancing it'll eventually um oh so weird Those they're just the weirdest fucking things what they do is they eventually, they kind of move around until they find like the balance point on the surface that they're on and then they turn off and they just kind of balance. And if you knock it over, it turns itself back on and, and like kind of corrects, huh. but it just kind of, it'll just kind of
0: sit there and kind of like just wiggle its little butt around until it finds a balance point and then it just goes. Okay. So then that brings us to the the Yamaha that I actually thought looked the coolest out of all the designs. The I don't know what it was called, but it was the one that does it moves its little belly, and oh the the motoroid yeah, and this is the you know we, we didn't really dig into that too deep did we? I can't remember how much we talked about it offline and how much we talked about it on the well, show. I hadn't. I tell you what, I hadn't seen, which was the motoroid doing its motoroid doing, thing doing the mo- until this week. Yeah, so now and I thought I've it was seen,
1: through the the steering column, and it's not.
0: No, so that was really cool. If you look at the motoroid, and you'll see the the six pack underneath. Which the design the designers at Alta uh, immediately grafted uh, paps ribbon cans into the <laughs> and to, showed a picture of it because it's what it looks like. Uh, it wags its belly and it was like, oh, that's kind of cool the way they figured out how to do it. So the, I like the brains that are at Yamaha for that reason that they're just trying to think of different things. That like That bike is, cool. some that is some clever shit. That is some clever shit.
1: Almost as clever as Koda. Yeah, because my cat goes running around with what I believe is the microphone. Time. It is. It's that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that whole thing, that thing kind of blew my mind because I had to like sit there and think for a minute on how it works. Because the Honda has its like self-stabilizing thing, but it does it through the front end. Uh, with the fork tubes and the the steering column, and you know, just kind of like what like a bicyclist, a really good bicyclist would do at like a stoplight yeah, when they have like a it's a Yeah, I can't do it. I fall over. I've tried. You do
0: that. Everybody does that though in traffic. You for try like a, for like a minute. You
1: try and be. But I've seen some cyclists like they can sit there. All day long, they have to because they're clipped in. They're point. like, yeah. for
0: sure, it's yeah. difficult without. Yeah, sure. Whereas on a motorcycle, you're just doing it because it's like, I got to keep my balance. Got to keep my yeah. balance. Got to, and you and you add input to the bars, right? Whereas this thing this is, is doing like,
1: it through like the rear wheel, and then they use the battery pack as a counterweight, and but like the way the chassis works, like it's moving inside the chassis. Like the chassis itself has like a pivot.
0: Yeah. It's cool. Which is
1: really watch trim. the video.
0: Figure out a way to get to the video. It's on it.
1: it's on ANR. It's the most recent story on the
0: motoroid. Um I think it's I think the story is something like more details about Yamaha's motoroid. And and watch out. You might get to find a page of of that describes like preparation H or another thing to to keep motoroids from from getting on your own self, right? You gotta watch out for motoroids. Someone sent
1: me a photoshop of <laughs> of the prep what was it? Like hemorrhoid cream and, and they photoshop hemorrhoid of motoroid. And I was like, that's clever. Uh, You're a silly son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Quentin. Uh with yeah. that, sir, I think we are done. We've covered Tokyo. I think our next show will probably be ICMA. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what gets released there. Uh, we kind of already know some of the stuff, but we thought it'd be boring to talk about it now, so we'll just cover it after the fact. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll dig into it once we've seen it and can talk as much shit as possible.
1: There will be, that might, that's going to be a long show.
0: Yeah, sure. We're going to make sure to drink plenty of Hater-Aid. We're going to bring a lot
1: of Hater-Aid, we're going to have to get our catheters, (laughs) Margaret Thatcher photos, whatever we need to get it up. All right, motoroids up. (laughs) Good talk, hemorrhoid you out there. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: <laughs> 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 oh, good.
1: we do have those those are our top three countries u.s then the uk and then australia uk and australia almost the same and it's in.
0: i, I get top, it our top
1: our top city is uh in the uk
0: huh
1: i have no idea where this is P- peg pinkton what the fuck is that <laughs> And you know that's just like one guy. That's like one Uh-oh. guy and he just downloads all the episodes. <laughs> I mean keep doing it. Bless you. Bless bless your soul. You're probably a magic Margaret Thatcher lover. <laughs> oh, was on, on the Damn coast? near killed her. Damn near killed her. It's not by Plymouth. <laughs> okay. Oh, you were on the middle of nowhere.